1: In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022 and we rock and roll into the second hour budweiser's weekday sports feed on sports radio 960 wsbt brought to you by budweiser Barnaby's of mishawaka and granger the food bank of northern indiana And Pet Refuge. My name is Darren Pritchett. Nine minutes after 6 o'clock, Tyler Horka jumps on board for his normal Wednesday conversation. He is the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out all his work at blueandgold.com. As we are through five Notre Dame football fall practices, number six is coming up tomorrow. So let's recap where we stand right now with this Fighting Irish football team. Tyler, it had to be a lot of fun to see a few practices already to see that old pigskin in the air once again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It kind of feels like the first day of school in a way, (laughs) going back to last Friday when, you know, because you get to see all the other beat members who are all there. And I saw Tom Noy of uh, the South Bend Tribune, and I was like, hey, man, looks like you got a little tan. You might have had more fun this summer. I did and I'm only 26 years old that's not fair but you know yeah it's it's good to see everybody all in the same place and like you said some football's flying around some pads on and coaches yelling players grunting it's it's that time of year we're about to get it uh, started for real early next month.
1: Now as we get into this conversation let's go ahead and set the table that The media has had the chance to watch one full practice and then bits and pieces of a couple of other practices. So it's not like we have seen every second of every moment of Notre Dame football fall camp. But based on what you have checked out so far, Tyler, how would you describe the Notre Dame quarterback competition? I think we're on the same page going into fall camp From our standpoint, it sure seemed like it was Buckner's job to lose with Drew Pine pushing him. How would you describe the competition, now five practices into fall camp?
0: In short, closer than expected. Maybe an actual competition. Like you said, I think it was kind of a formality and everyone's expecting Marcus Freeman or maybe they do some social media reveal because they seem to be pretty good at those of late. To name Tyler Buckner the starter. But I think just after that, and I don't want to be a prisoner of, of the moment, but after that first practice, like you said, we saw the whole thing. That's two hours of football. And of course, most of everyone's attention was on the quarterbacks because those are the two guys that you want to watch. And that's, you know, the most important player on any football team is the quarterback. And Notre Dame hasn't named a starter. So you're looking at those guys. And from what I saw, there was not a clear front runner. And if Tyler Buckner was you know, primed as that guy, as we, we have done on this show, you look at blueandgold.com, you look at all the other outlets that cover Notre Dame football, and even some of the national outlets, everyone's kind of expecting Tyler Buckner to be named the starter at some point. And, and that could still be the case. I think everyone is still in that boat. But what Drew Pine did on that Friday was tell me, and I think he told a lot of other people, maybe this is a little tighter of a race than people expected, or maybe he's a more capable backup. And, and that was his way of saying, Hey, you know, I, I might lose this thing, but I'm in it to win it. And I'm going to play really well from the start. And, you know, they're going to have to say that Tyler Buckner was that much better than me. Cause I'm going to play really well. And that's what drew pine did on that Friday. We didn't see a whole lot of, you know, actual scrimmage type stuff. The teams weren't going up and down the field. Uh, you've probably read that it was a lot of red zone stuff, you know, 15-yard line and in even. And obviously Tyler Buckner was probably playing against more of the ones than Drew Pine was, but over the course of probably 30 to 45 minutes of just 15 yards and in, we got a pretty good feel of, you know, who had a good feel of quarterbacking those units. And I would say Drew Pine – had a better day, had more touchdowns, better completion percentage. They both only threw one interception, and that's been an emphasis going back to the spring is taking care of the football. So that was good from, from that standpoint. But just overall, I, I think, you know, Drew Pine, is he's a junior. He's, you know, lost one of these quarterback competitions last year. has been a backup for two years. I think it was his way of saying, hey, look, you know, you, you guys are going to have to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, straight-up lose this thing. Tyler Buckner is going to have to win it over me, and I think that's going to carry on a little longer than people expect.
1: Now, you're not the head coach. You're not the offensive coordinator, so I'm asking basically your opinion more than anything else, but based on what you saw in that two-hour window in which you've described the competition looks a whole lot closer than maybe we expected, do you think it opens the door – for not only Pine to be a major factor here, but is there any chance Notre Dame could go down that road once again and use two different quarterbacks since the traits of these two guys are a little different?
0: Yeah, you, you hit on a lot of really key things right there. And obviously the big one is, is there a possibility that we see both at some point You know, throughout the course of an entire season? And I would say yes. And my big reason for saying that is, I asked Marcus Freeman this question pretty much directly in his office when we got him one-on-one over the summer, and he said he's, you know, the two-quarterback system is never really the preferred route. You'd always like to have one guy and stick to that guy, but if it so happens that they have to use both, well, they have both on the roster, and you know, neither of them is taking a redshirt year this year, um, you know, unless... Someone gets injured and you know Tyler Buckner can only play in four games or whatever, and then that's obviously not what you want. So you're going to use both guys, and if you have to use both guys, they will. But I think this also goes back to what I said about only playing 15 yards and in. And look, they weren't in full pads, so these quarterbacks weren't getting hit, and quarterbacks aren't getting hit in most practices anyway. But You go back to the blue gold game and, you know, we saw Drew Pine struggle a little bit between the twenties, you know, in the middle of the field, he gets down into the red zone. I think we see a better Drew Pine, more of a playmaker that goes back to the, the gamer in him and the moxie in him. But if you're trying to move the ball 80 yards down the field, Tyler Buckner is probably still your best option. because Mm -hmm. He can give you that running element. He can get outside the tackles and, and do a lot of those sorts of things that Drew Pine probably can't. So, we can't use that one practice as, you know, key, you know, the sole determinant in saying this race is much closer than expected. I think Drew Pine, you know, both things can be, can be true. Drew Pine showed me something that day, but there was also, you know, a little left to be desired. And that wasn't Buckner's fault. That was because we didn't get a true glimpse of what, you know, the Tommy Reese Notre Dame Mm -hmm. offense is going to look like in 2022.
1: He is Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out his work at blueandgold.com. Let's take the quarterbacks out of the equation for a moment. What stood out also about the fighting Irish offense?
0: It was the wide receivers for me. And I guess I'll say one point quickly. Of course, Jarrett Patterson did move to left guard. Zeke Carell looks like he's going to start at center. We reported that at blueandgold.com. So that was really just confirmation that that shuffling is going to happen. So, when I saw that first thing on Friday, it, it didn't really surprise me. It was more of just okay, that's a thing, and that and that's actually happening. We'll probably talk about that more some other time. But for me, it was the wide receivers, and Jaden Thomas getting starting reps at boundary. You know, we spent all off season asking if six four Dion Colsey as a sophomore can be the guy that replaces Kevin Austin Jr when all along, you know, the writing might have been on the wall that Jaden Thomas had a really good November. He had a really good set of Fiesta Bowl practices leading into that game, Only, even though he only got four snaps. But he's kind of been the guy that's been trending upward more so than Coley. And then when we walked in there on Friday and saw him getting starting reps, it was kind of like a light bulb moment for me. It was like, you know, why, why didn't this light bulb go off sooner? Because, <laughs> you know, it, it's been there, and he, he's been the guy that has maybe – been poised in positioning himself to get these reps and there he was of course Lorenzo Styles was also out there but Avery Davis was also getting starting reps coming back from his ACL injury so maybe we've had the wide receiver position laid out you know completely wrong if, if those are the three guys because of course we thought Braden Lindsey would be starting I mentioned Dion Colsey but you know now I wouldn't be shocked if those are the three guys I just mentioned Thomas Styles and, and Davis who went out there Against Ohio State as the three starters, and I know Davis mm. is still trying to get to full percent, to to a hundred percent. But man, we watched some competitive reps with him on Friday and Saturday, and he looks really good to me. And if if this is the Avery Davis that we see now, and you know early to mid August, I think he's going to be really good in early September. So I think there's still some juggling to be had with that wide receiver room, but it definitely got a little more clear seeing Thomas out there. I think Styles is the clear number one, and then everybody is following him. But I think Thomas is kind of closing that gap and showing that Mm. of all the sophomores that Notre Dame has in that wide receiver room, he could be a really good one.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. A couple of weeks ago, I asked you for a player that you wanted to see on the offensive side of the football in that first practice and you pointed to freshman wide receiver Tobias Merriweather and that turned out to be you know a pretty good choice for a couple of reasons including that's one guy we had not seen of course in the spring so this was going to be your first chance to see this very talented wide receiver. What was your takeaway after seeing him in person for the first time?
0: Uh, He looks every bit you know a college wide receiver. He doesn't look like a freshman. He's tall. He's rangy he's long I think he's got that fat you know that quick that quick twitch that Mm -hmm. fast ability to get off the line it it just it just looks like he's moving quickly out there you know there's some guys that you see and you're like man I wish that guy would just you know move a little faster and I'm not trying to pick on Deion Colsey because he's a big dude and, and he's gonna get better he might be one of those guys who as a junior and a senior is saying okay this is the guy that Notre Dame recruited and this is why he's wearing, you know, the blue and gold, but Tobias Merriweather already looks like that. And this is a guy that showed up on campus just a couple months ago. So we were talking about that Notre Dame wide receiver room and how we were trying to lay it out, you know, all off season. We didn't start talking about Merriweather until June, July, because that's when he got on campus and that's when he officially got into the mix. But seeing him amongst these other, you know, seven or eight Notre Dame wide receivers, he looks Like, he could play day one. I think he is going to play day one. I'm just going to try to keep this group really fresh. And the fact that he comes in as the only true freshman and and provides that extra body that the room desperately needs and a body type that is, you know, very unique. He and Colzie are the only guys that are towering above everybody else in that room. I think he's going to play right away. I think he's going to be a factor against Ohio State. Is he going to go through some growing pains? Absolutely. I've seen that in practice. I've seen Chancey Stuckey be particularly hard on him because he did drop a few passes in just individual drills while Stuckey was throwing the balls. And Stuckey said, hey, man, if you're going to drop my passes, you're probably going to drop those out there, and you can't (laughs) do that. So I've seen him be a little hard on him, but I think I know what Stuckey's trying to do. He's trying to prepare him for day one because they're going to need him.
1: Tyler Horka, Blue and Goal Illustrated, my guest here on WSBT Radio. Defensive side of the football. Marcus Freeman's the head coach. He brings in Al Golan from the National Football League. We're still going to see multiple fronts. Al Golan takes over a very talented defensive side of the football for this Fighting Irish football team. Did anything catch your eye with the Fighting Irish defense?
0: I think it was D.J. Brown lining up opposite of Brandon Joseph at safety, and we spent so much time talking about Ramon Henderson because – The the athleticism that he brings to that back end of the Notre Dame defense is probably unmatched. I think he can do some things back there. Saw it against Virginia when he ran all the way across the field to make an interception. I've seen it a couple other times after Kyle Hamilton went out with his injury last year. But everybody kind of forgot that Notre Dame has a couple of 50-year seniors in Houston Griffith and DJ Brown. and Those guys have had their ups and downs in their careers, but EJ Brown looked really good in that two-hour session that we got to see on Friday. Had a couple pass breakups, caught an interception. He always seemed to be in the right place at the right time, and that's what you want from, you know, a safety back there as your back line of defense. So I thought he looked really good, especially in the red zone, too, because, you know, that's where the field condenses, and if the safety isn't where he needs to be, then that's basically just like you're misplacing one of your, you know, 11 guys, you might as well be playing 10 on 11 if if he's not going to be in the right place. So obviously there's more to it for the safety position than just being in the right place at the right time. He struggled with tackles. He struggled with some speed things. But just based on the way that they've been lining up the first, you know, three practices that we've got to watch, it looks like DJ Brown has a pretty good grip on that safety spot. And and those might be your two safeties that you see run out there against Ohio State. And by the way, safety is a very important position Hmm when you're playing a team like Ohio state, it might be DJ Brown and Brandon Joseph.
1: I'm glad you asked the question after practice because Joseph was catching passes and it ended up on social media. And all of a sudden you're thinking, wow, might they use him at wide receiver? The first thing that crossed your mind, Oh, wow. The wide receiver position must be struggling. They're going to try Joseph. But in fact, it had nothing to do with Joseph being on the offensive side of the football.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I don't want to question Marcus Freeman because he's a much brighter football mind and he's played the game and he's studied the game for two decades now as a, as a collegiate coach in some capacity. But I went back and watched the video that I took and you know, like you said, there were some other videos on, on Twitter. Okay. It sort sure of looked like Brandon Joseph was you know, kind of lining up as a receiver and it looked like more than what Marcus Freeman said was a special teams angling drill, which very important drill, by the way. And I mean, you can use that drill offense, defense as well. Just, just teaching angles and, and learning how to tackle. But I don't know. He looked pretty swift with the ball in his hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know he might be one of Notre Dame's returners this year. So that would make sense in what Marcus Freeman said, but uh, he and Jaden Mickey both were catching passes. And the only thing that, that didn't make sense to me when Marcus said that was, you know, all the offensive guys, you know, everyone from one line went to the other line, and that was, you know, one person's going to have a ball in his hand, the next guy's going to be taking the angle. But the only two guys in white jerseys which represent defense out there in practice that I saw actually catch the ball and run with the ball were Joseph and Mickey. And to me, that's no coincidence because those guys are athletic freaks, and if Notre Dame did need some help on the offensive side of the ball, if, you know, an injury came down on one of those wide receivers which Notre Dame can't afford so let's not even speak it into existence those would be the two guys from you know the defensive side of the ball that I would look at probably Joseph Mickey maybe Xavier Watts because you know he's Mm -hmm. been on the offensive side of the ball before but yeah I mean it it definitely caught my eye it was happening right in front of me and I was like whoa (laughs) how how about a day one curveball like you said first day of spring practice or first day of fall camp is like first day of school and you know you're going to get thrown something that you weren't prepared for obviously cuz been sleeping all summer that kind of woke me up a little bit
1: we'll just file it away for now and see if we have any yeah. reason to pull it back out in a couple of weeks i just want to also get your thoughts on what a terrific season J.D. Bertrand had last year for the Fighting Irish. He was supposed to be a backup, but the door opened due to injury. And boy, did he take advantage with over 100 tackles last year. It seemed like the first month of the season, every game, double-digit tackles. He was a major factor in all these games. I don't want to call him a surprise because the coaching staff always talked about him, even on special teams, but he took advantage of the opportunity. And now, Tyler, Bertrand coming off a great year leads a very talented linebacking core.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that we forget is that to step into that role after Merrick Leofield went down about 10 days before the start of the season, I think it was last year, he kind of had to change positions. Even though he was he was a utility guy for the linebacker group all of fall camp last year, it seemed like every day we showed up, he'd be playing all three of those positions, <laughs> mainly Will and, and middle linebacker. But I think he mostly projects as a middle linebacker. And when Leofield went down, they're like, you're up at will and you're going to start at will 101 tackles later you know next closest guy on the roster has 55 tackles he had an extraordinary year and there were some knocks on him like even with the 101 tackles i think some people say he could maybe work on tackling in space a little bit better work on uh, his coverage skills a little more but you got to remember this guy had what pastor gingle my coworker reported a broken wrist I you know, for most of the season last year, I don't know exactly when he broke it, but you know, he was playing injured last year and still made 101 tackles. And those things can kind of affect your open field tackling. If you're coming up on a guy and your wrist is broken, you probably don't want to meet him, you know, at the point of attack and, you know, try to down him in the trenches and whatnot. So what he did was, was outstanding because Notre Dame needed it. And like you said, early in the year, you know, if there was somebody that you would say is flying around and doing everything out there, it was J.D. Bertrand. So I was not surprised. And I'm not surprised knowing more about that family now and being able to cover his brother, John Michaels, you know, baseball season. Notre Dame's not in Omaha without John Michael Bertrand doing what he did on Friday nights for that team. So I think that that family just has an athletic gene, a competitive gene. J.D. Bertrand certainly has that. And Notre Dame is definitely better for it in the linebacking department. Uh, It's crazy. I don't even know if he's going to start this year. He's trying to compete with maybe Bo Bauer in the middle for a starting job, and obviously he can play those other positions as well. But that's how talented and deep Hmm. Notre Dame is at the linebacker spot. If that guy is still trying to lock down his starting spot.
1: Well, it's a very busy time at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Blueandgold.com is just full of articles. I mean, Notre Dame football practice, other storylines. I know Jack Sorbrick, I think, spoke today about some issues. We've got recruiting going on, and the best deal in college sports is still available for all our Irish fans Listing tonight.
0: Absolutely. Go to blueandgold.com, sign up for $1, and you get a premium year of subscription access to that website and obviously that'll carry you through the football season this year 2022 that'll get you through basketball season Patrick Engel covers the men I cover the woman um, Ashton Pollard obviously does a really good job in helping us out with pretty much everything I think I mentioned Bertrand as a utility person in the linebacker in the linebacking corps Ashton <laughs> Pollard is basically <laughs> our utility person at blueandgold.com she does it all really good job with our youtube channel as well you can find our live shows on blue and you can even watch them you know a day or two after they've been live as well so like you said everything is there nobody covers notre dame athletics like blueandgold.com, and and to get it for only one dollar it's the best deal in sports media I've, I've said it before i'll keep saying it i'll say it for as long as it's here and i don't <laughs> think it's going to be here much longer so you might as well go there's only uh, 24 days until Notre Dame plays Ohio State. If you don't have a blueandgold.com subscription by then, you're doing it wrong. You're doing yeah. football season wrong.
1: And since Tyler covers Notre Dame hockey, I'll mention right now South Bend's very own Graham slagard in the World Juniors, which was postponed from last December due to COVID. They're playing now, and Graham had a goal and an assist in Team USA's first game against Germany. The Americans won 5-1, so... Graham, a part of the Irish hockey program, a goal and an assist in game number one of the World Juniors. He had a goal in the one game the United States played before COVID postponed the rest of the tournament just about eight months ago. So there you go. A little hockey thrown in as well. Tyler, appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you again next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hockey in August. I will take that anytime I can get it. So you keep doing that,
1: Darren. (laughs) We might be the only two wanting to talk about hockey, but we'll amuse ourselves. How about that? All right. Tyler, good to be with you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Darren. Make sure you check out Tyler's work and the rest of the crew at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Their website is blueandgold.com. Of course, follow Tyler on Twitter as well and get the latest on Fighting Irish Football. 631. I'm Darren Pritchett. You're listening to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Coming up in a couple of moments are my five question of the day. There are some reports what this mega Big Ten media deal might be all about. And based on the details, I've come up with the five groups or individuals who benefit the most from this reported massive Big Ten media deal. That's on the way next on your home of the fighting Irish.